Welcome. You are about to listen to a destiny-changing message preached by Pastor David at Caris Phase 2. Caris Phase 2 is our revival-seeking youth ministry where young people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Be blessed as you listen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Let's catch up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Verse 30, please forgive me. Verse 30. Let's all read it aloud from the screen, please. Christ became for us what? Wisdom. Christ became for us wisdom from God. Is it only right, uh, only rich wisdom? Righteousness. 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 Now, if you want to have dealings with God, you, can, you don't have a choice but to bring righteousness to the table. Why? Because Psalm 89 verse 14. Psalm 89 verse 14. What does it say? Read it from the screen. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of the Lord. Really? You see, mercy and truth go before God's face. And the foundation on, of his throne, his ruling, is righteousness and justice. That's why God can't do wrong. Because he rules based on righteousness and justice. So then if you want to approach his throne, you need to go in the name of righteousness. Psalm 97 verse 2. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Did you see that? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. So the, the, the platform on which God's throne is built is righteousness and justice. Isaiah 32 verse 1. Behold, a king will a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule with justice. Ha! You see the, the importance of righteousness to God? And so then if you're going to have interactions with God, righteousness is a necessary requirement. It's a necessary requirement in dealing with God, in going to God. But there's a problem here. We don't, our righteousness, according to Isaiah chapter 64, he said, but we all like an unclean thing. The unclean thing is like used menstrual part. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter how you are hungry, you would not want to use a dirty bowl. And he said, we are all like a used menstrual pad. Wow. Yeah. We are all like used bowls. 
all of us are, are we are like like unclean thing. Uncle, we are not clean. Meanwhile, the the throne of God is founded on righteousness. So how can you approach in uncleanness? And all are, oh, we are trying, is it because we are dirty, and we are, tr- we are all like unclean things, and yet we are trying to show righteousness. And he said, the attempt to demonstrate righteousness, our righteousness, our righteous acts are like what? Filthy rags. Hmm. The problem is, is our sins. We are born in sin. The sin nature has taken, we are off. Listen, you were off before you attempted to even get close to God. So God didn't create the problem. You, you were born a problem. Every human being was born a problem, so long as righteousness is concerned. So even our attempts to be righteous, the, the most righteous human being who ever lived, he still, his righteousness is as filthy rags, including Moses. If Moses, the one through whom God brought the law, couldn't make it to the promised land, then there's no hope for anybody. He, the only human being who could tell God, God, let me see you. I want to see, if I, if I, if I, let me see your face. God said, you've asked a thing that no, he said, no human being can see my face and live. Yeah. You can never see God's face. Ah, you see, so Jesus was not God. He has to reduce, he has to downgrade himself into a human being. That's the conundrum of Christ. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. What don't you understand about that statement? They said God was manifested in the flesh. You two said God can't be manifested. But God said I manifested in the flesh. Your worth witness. Most Muslims. He said Jesus is not God. Here, he said God was manifested in the flesh. It's the mystery of godliness. And it doesn't take education to understand this. It takes spiritual alertness. It takes revelation. So when Peter said you are the son of God, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, he told a human being, you are the son of the living God. But one of the reasons why they crucified Jesus, they, 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 chapter, chapter, chapter 19 of John, John chapter 19, verse uh, I think seven or so. Pilate said, verse six, seven. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. You take him and crucify him. They said, we have our own law. And by our law, anyone, he said, Jesus, Jesus answered and said to him, we have a law. And according to our law, he who, uh, he ought to die because he made himself a son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they killed him, because he's a son of God. Yeah. Because when Pilate was there, yesterday I was telling them in Chatham, when Pilate was dealing with the guy, Pilate was always worried. Because you see that this guy is a unique guy. There's something very special about him. So he has been afraid in dealing with Jesus. But you know, he has to man up. So he said, answer me. You know, Jesus didn't mind him. He was afraid. And then he went back to the Jews. He said, listen, I find no fault in the guys. They said, no, but you have to crucify him. He said, then you take him and kill him by your law. They said, no, we have a law. We can't crucify him. And we have a law. Anyone who makes, he has to die according to our law because he makes himself the son of God. Do you know what happened to Philo? Philo said, oh, no. He said he's the son of God too because he was afraid. So he became more afraid. He was dealing with, that means fundamentally he was actually afraid. 
And now the people validated his fears and, and, and uh, or boosted it by telling the guy you are dealing with. He said he's a son. Ah! Wow. So he went there. He said, uh, who, who, "Can you tell me who are you? Where, do, where you come from?" He was afraid, but he has to be a man, soldier. He has to look like a. But he was, he was afraid. He was shaking. Uh, who, who are you? Where do you come? From? <laughs> So Peter, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, Peter told Jesus that you are, the, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What? The son of God? Yeah, he is. So God was actually manifested in the flesh. Captured in the flesh. And God told Moses, you can't see my face and live. In fact, Jesus, John chapter 1, verse 16, he said, no one has ever seen God. Sorry, verse 18. No man, he put it this way, no man has seen God at any time. So how about Moses? Moses never saw God. No man has seen God at any time. Wow! First Timothy chapter 6, 6 verse 16. He says that God, no one can see God and live. Who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light? Who no man has seen or can see? No man has seen. And Moses had the unmitigated audacity in his ignorance, said if I found favor with you in, in Deuteronomy, uh, Exodus 33, if I found favor with you, show me your face. God said, no, 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 no. Please show me your glory. God said, no, you cannot see me, but I will let just my backside. He said, but Moses said, you, God said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. So I'll just, when I'm coming, I'll cover you, and then you only see my back. You see God after he's, he's going. So he saw he saw a light, glory. And when Moses came down, the Bible says that his face was shining so much that Israelites couldn't look at his face. <laughs> Moses said, <laughs> So now he had to look for a veil like a, a bride. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Moses was always wearing a veil. Yeah. It's, it's in your Bible. <laughs> Yeah. That's also when Moses came down from the mountain, Mount Sinai, and the two tablets was there, his hand, and came down. That Moses did not know that, watch that, know that the skin of his face, face shone while he talked with the people. He didn't know. He didn't know. Like the way my microphone was missing, and they thought I was in a bottle. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. Sometimes when you're talking to people, you don't know that there are things in your teeth. So okay, okay. Moses didn't know, and to cut long story short, they couldn't look at his face. So now he had to take a veil, and so Aaron and the children of Israel saw Moses. Behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Moses said, "Come, come, come!" Even high priest Aaron, they were afraid. So what, what happened? So Moses had to. They had to cover, and Moses had. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put veil on his face. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, 11, 12, he said, even up to now, a veil covers their face. Now, I'm talking about Moses. Even Moses was, his righteousness was as filthy rags. Even Moses, whose God's glory was radiating from his face because of his encounters with God, was not righteous. 
He was a good man, but his righteousness was faulty. The righteousness that can be acceptable with God, all right, let me ask you a question. If you are a mathematics professor, your five-year-old boy who is so good in maths, how much can he do maths that he can start writing exam with you? Or writing your papers for you because you are tired, so you ask your son to. No, doesn't matter what. His writing is even rubbish. <laughs> His maths is just one plus one. High-level mass is not what... So what I'm saying is that it doesn't matter how much we try to impress God. We don't meet his standards at all in any way. No human being can meet the demand of God. How can God place a demand for you and you, on you and you meet it? How? Watch this. How can God ask you to do something and you can do it? You can't do when God puts a demand on you. That was the problem. So our righteousness was always way below and we looked dirtier as filthy rag before him. So the only way God can, you can do what God asks you to do is when he asks you to do, he comes to do it in you. Wow. It's only God who can meet the standard of God. Wow. Have you seen a cat impregnating a cow before? <laughs> Think about what I just said. So can you imagine? If God is asking you, let me use it in a word. God said, uh, impregnate, impregnate me. How would you do that? So if God wants you to have a holy baby for him, he must be the one who will come into you yeah. to produce the Because you can't. You, you just don't have it. And so when God places a demand on us, it must take God to meet the demand he has placed. And so then, if God requires righteousness to actually deal with us properly, that means he has to give us. And the good news is God has got righteousness. God has got righteousness. And so, when you read your Bible in the book of uh, uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 17, it talks about, but the righteousness, ah, Oh, so God has got righteousness. Hey! Wow! He said, but the right, let's all read it aloud for this. Let's go. For we the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed? Ah! That sounds good for me. That's why we read Jesus Christ, his wisdom for us, and righteousness of God. The first scripture we read. Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. And the righteousness. What? The wisdom of God. The Jesus Christ, who is for us wisdom from God. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He is righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Righteousness means right standing before God. So then, (laughs) the reason why Moses got the law, the commandments from God, the reason why the commandments was given was so that people can live by it and be righteous before God. Because if I want to pass the exam, I must know the requirements. 
I must know the test paper. You haven't write, written the paper, but you've passed. You don't even know what the questions are. For you to go and write, prepare for an exam, you must know what exam you You can't prepare for biology exams. Meanwhile, you are going to write a law school exam. And you are prepared for biology. No. Or biochemistry. No. Because that's not. So you must know, oh, okay, this is, I'm preparing for physics. Then, because the, the exam I'm about to write, physics exam. Some of you, you remember when you're doing uh, A-levels or GCS? You, when you know you have GCS, when you know you have a paper on, you had maybe uh, uh, um, biology on Tuesday. From Friday, you start preparing biology. And if you have biology tomorrow, or you have chemistry tomorrow, you won't be reading economics today. Because economics is next month. Biology is tomorrow. So you are preparing for biology. So you have to prepare for the questions. You must know what is coming. And so for you to be able to meet the righteous standards of God, you first of all must know what are his standards. And so he gave the law. The law is meant for us to live by it to be righteous. So anyone who lives by the law becomes righteous in the sight of God. But there was a problem here. Problem is that what I told you, God cannot ask you to do something and you do it and meet his standard. You can't meet God's standard. So that was the problem. And he gave us his standard because the law is from God. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. The law is good. The, the, the commandment is good. So there's no problem. You see that the law is holy and the commandment is holy, just, and good. There is no problem. The problem is not from the other end. The problem is from my side. So God gave the law so that by the law, if we can meet the demands of the law, which Moses couldn't meet, so he didn't make it to the promised land, even the one who brought it couldn't meet it. The first attempt to bring it, he smashed, he broke all the laws at once. One, one, he's the only one who broke all the Ten Commandments at once. <laughs> he smashed them and broke all the commandments. And God used his finger to write it. So when he went back, God said, you yourself now dictate, you should write it. When you write it, next time you won't break it. <laughs> so, when the one who brought the law even couldn't meet the standards of the law. Because the law... It's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the law. The law is holy. The law is just. The law is good. But man is sold under sin. But man is sold under sin. We have a sin problem. For I know the law is spiritual, but I am what? Carnal, sold under sin. The things I don't want to think about, it keeps flying to my mind. That, that guy doesn't know how I've been feeling for him. That girl doesn't know how I feel. Yes, because it's not like you don't, you want to. It's like you, don't, you know it's not right because that is somebody's husband. But you see, it's not that you're a bad person. It's just that there's a problem. You're sold under sin. And it makes you always breaking your living. Bible says all have sinned. Yeah. Romans 3.23, all have sinned. And 
You see, we only usually focus on quoting all have sinned. But if you go back two verses, you see the context he put it. He said, but now, oh, 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 the righteousness of God. Ah, so this righteousness has appeared here again. No human righteousness. The righteousness of God, apart from the law, all along, we knew righteousness mean meeting the standard of the law. God said, I have another righteousness. That one is my own righteousness. It doesn't require the law to demonstrate it. Righteousness of God doesn't operate based on laws. Even though it does not flout and contradict the law of God. The righteousness of God is built on his person. So now if he wants to deal with you and his throne is built on righteousness, then he has to find a way of giving you that kind of righteousness with which you can approach him. Because since the flesh, Romans chapter 8 verse 3, I like that scripture. Since it says that for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Why couldn't the Lord do it? It's weak through the flesh. Why couldn't the Lord do some things? It's weak through the flesh. How many of you agree with it? Yes. Yeah. You are weak. Yes. You are weak. When it comes to God's pure righteousness, you are weak. So, hey, don't run away from church. We are all weak. You think you are the only weak one? No, no. Some are weaker than you. But they are pulling through. They are pulling through. You are in church and all kinds of things are coming through your mind. You, somebody said, Pastor, I just, this girl thing, I can't get over it. I like girls. Pastor, so when I came to the church, I was just looking at the girls. The girls are nice. The girls are nice. Yeah, it's the same girls outside, but church girls, because glory of God comes on them, they look nicer. <laughs> but the truth is, what the law could not do in that it was weak through their flesh, God said, listen, I'll do it myself. See what I told you? He gave us the demand. We couldn't meet it. He said, I'm coming to meet myself. I'll meet. And then he came and met his demands and got the righteousness of God. And so then now he can pass on that righteousness to you. So you are either coming to God by your own righteousness you have attained through the law, which you can't, or you are coming to God through his perfect righteousness, which he passes on to you. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus talks about the Pharisees were righteous. They had a righteousness. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds, ha! Ooh. So the Pharisees have a right way of doing some things. But he said, your own must break this. That's a problem. In, in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, he says that I want to be found in Christ, not having my own right. Hey! I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is uh, from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God. So you see, this scripture has defined the two types of righteousness. It's all there. There are two types of righteousness. There's the righteousness, which is my own righteousness. It's called self-righteousness. It comes from doing the law. And then we have the righteousness, which is of God, it's from God. How does it come? It comes by putting your faith in Jesus. 
So as we are reading Romans chapter 3, verse 9, verse, verse 20, particularly, no, let's 21, let's go to it. Romans 3, 21, Romans 3, 21 says, but now the righteousness of God, apart from the Lord, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophet. What does that mean? Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So whatever the prophets and the law have said, Jesus said, I am coming to fulfill it. I'm coming to live it out. Matthew chapter 5, verse 70 or so. He said, do not think I came to destroy the law. I did not come to rubbish what the law has written. So he said, do, do not think I came to destroy the law of the, all the prophets. In other words, listen to me, I want to teach you something. When you read the Bible in the New Testament, you come across this phrase, the law of the prophet is talking about the summation of the Old Testament. Everything written in the Old Testament is classified in, 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 in Christian terms as sometimes the New Testament, as the law and the prophets. So he said, I didn't come to write. That's why you cannot be a Christian who only reads the New Testament. Because it's not only the New Testament. He said, I came to fulfill it. So the New Testament is a fulfillment of what is written in the Old Testament. You need both the old and the new to understand the moves of God amongst men. He said, I did not come to destroy the law. He said, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophet. That means that I came to say, oh, this is rubbish. You don't need it. No. That's why you, what you have is not a Bible. It's only a New Testament. Wow. It's a New Testament. You need a Bible, not a New Testament, a pocket Bible. It's, you need Old Testament and New Testament. That's why you get the, the, you get the full Bible. Yeah. Th- th- 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, making 66 books in all. Yes. You, need, you need everything. Yes. We need both the New Testament and the Old Testament. Yes. Jesus said, don't think I came to destroy the Old Testament. Mm. But, so what did you come? He said, I came to fulfill them. Ah. And so when they brought the woman caught in adultery, they asked Jesus a question, thinking they would catch him in what, how he would answer. Yes. Check the, the text. Bible says that, uh, look at the question they said. No, look at verse 4. A woman, no, verse 2. Let's start from verse, verse 2 or so. Again, to the temple, and people came to him, sat down. Okay, verse 3. Look at verse 3. Then the scribes of the Pharisee brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said, Master, this woman was caught, caught in that very act. Verse 5. Then they quoted Moses. They said, they said now, Moses in the law commanded that such a person should be stolen. Think about it. That is a serious question they posed him. Because then if you are saying you didn't come to condemn the law, then you have to uphold the law. And they brought a woman. She's been caught. There are evidence. I mean, listen. Very hard. So they said, Moses said we should stone such a person. If Jesus says stone her, they will say, Jesus, you don't have mercy. And if Jesus said, don't stone her, they will say, you are condemning the law? You, you think you are better than the law? So look at, look at the next statement. This they said, testing him. So they are not genuine. Testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. They were trying to fight because this one, there's no way out for him. But because the law was written for human beings, and every human being's righteousness is as filthy rags. Jesus had to talk to men, the human beings. He said, whichever of you does not have a sin. In other words, if you have met God's standard, 
starts obeying the law by killing him. Killing him. And they, they, none of them could kill her. Because everyone knows, oh no, my, my, my righteousness is as filthy rag. My, uh, my righteousness is as filthy rag. They walked away. And then the woman was left alone. Jesus lifted her, his eyes. He said, where are your accusers? He said, they are gone. He said, wasn't anyone able to condemn you? The woman said, no, nobody could condemn me. Then Jesus said, therefore, me too, I don't condemn you. So, so did you realize he didn't touch yes. the law? Yes. He didn't touch the law. He didn't say the law was wrong. He didn't say the law was wrong, but he said that every human being is wrong. Every human being is not okay. That's what Jesus said. And so he said he has come to save human beings from the judgment of the law. Because none of us have righteousness good enough. So Romans chapter 3, verse 21, it talks about the fact that now the righteousness go apart from the, apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Being witnessed, the old, witness here means that the Old Testament lends credence to it. The Old Testament says that this righteousness that Jesus has brought, even though it is not the one the law brought, it is still accepted and it's in line with the judicial demands of the law and the prophets. So whatever the prophets have said, whatever the law was saying, is, is a, Jesus' righteousness is still like, the righteousness that Jesus brought is a continuation. It's not a, it's not a contradiction, but a continuation of what the law and the prophets have said. So he brought, this is what he did. He brought the, the law and the prophets to life. He brought it to life. He didn't destroy it. He actually lived it. He manifested it. He expressed it. He explained it. He demonstrated it. He didn't come to destroy it because it came from God. The law is good. The law is holy. The law is pure and just. So he just came to manifest it. And now when he lived it and he, he manifested it, he said, now come unto me, all you that are who labor and are heavy laden. All you who, uh, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Because now I have come to live as a, as a human being, and I have the righteousness of God because I've lived it. And anyone, let me explain it again. Romans chapter 8, verse 3, he said, What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Who did? Who did? Who did the law? Who did what the law could not do? Who did what the law could not do? God did. Say God did. Say God did. Say God did. Where did the law come from? God. What's the law? The demands of God. But man could not meet. So God himself met. He came to meet his demands. So what the law could not do, God did. How did he do it? By sending his own son, he came like a human being, but he was also God. So he came like a human being in the likeness of a sinful flesh, and what the, for the first time, a human being was able to condemn sin in the flesh. Romans chapter 3, verse 21 again. Let's move to 22. 22. Even the righteousness of God, see, what the law and the prophets Agree. Verse 21. Let's go back so it can make sense. Is someone learning something? Yes. Is it good teaching? Yes, sir. 
But now, the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The next verse. Even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to all, watch this, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. Huh? Huh? They're all human beings. Huh? He said, there's no, watch this. He said, the righteousness of God, how does he operate? It operates through faith. So when God is dealing with you from heaven, come, he's dealing with you through the righteousness of God. Because you don't have internal righteousness, but you have external righteousness. It's a donate. Donated, he said. Donated, they were you were donated the righteousness. It was a gift. It's a gift by faith, by grace. Are you saved through faith, not of yourself? It's a gift of God. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine. Verse nine says that. Verse eight said, "It is a gift. It is a gift. It is the gift of God. Why? That so that no flesh ah that uh, not of work, lest any man should boast." No human being can stand before God and say, you see, I'm good. You see, I'm good. you see, there's good news for you. I, look at the way I'm wearing this whole suit. It does not give me righteousness. So some of you, when you see people looking nice in church, you think they are better than you. It's a lie of the devil. Yes. Oh, but you don't, know the thing. you don't know the things I've done. I might have not done what you have done, but there's no difference. There's no difference. That's the righteousness of God. So it's not about you, but it's about him. Because there is no difference. Somebody say there's no difference. Say there is no difference. There's no difference between the good person and the bad person, so long as God is concerned. So long as the standard of God's righteousness. Okay, let's go back to the text again. Look at the text again. Even the righteousness of God through faith so through faith in Christ Jesus, to all, watch this, to all and on all who believe. So the criteria is believing in Jesus and it is given to you. So you see the seriousness is when someone says, I don't believe in Jesus. Do you understand the seriousness when they say it's just God? Don't talk about Christ. It's just God in the name of God. When a preacher is praying and prays in the name of God, watch that person. That's a dangerous person. We are never asked to pray in the name of God. Yeah. No, we ne- not even through the name of uh, We are not even asked through Christ. We are asking this through Christ our Lord. We pray in his, the name of Jesus. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. The French say, Honor de Jesus. Honor de Jesus. Honor de Jesus. So, when people say, Oh, let's all have, okay, your religion, let's all pray, pray in your, and just, just when you pray, just say in the name of God. Any preacher who only prays in the name of God is not representing Jesus. Because which God are you talking about? Which, which God? There are many people who say, God, God, God. Allah is God. Allah is God. So long as the Muslim is concerned. So if you say no, they might think you are talking about the Allah. Uh, in, in other religions, they also have God. When you say in the name of God, they think you are talking about they are God. Yeah. But as soon as you say in the name of Jesus, everybody realizes, hey, take it easy. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, no, 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 no. 
This is not a different thing. This is not a, not a different thing. So the Christian prayer is not a Christian prayer unless it's in the name of Jesus. That prayer is not a Christian prayer unless it's in the name of Jesus. So let me finish it. He said, righteousness which is on all, or to all and on all who believe. For there's no difference. So once you believe, that's what distinguishes you from the others. Doesn't matter who gave birth to them. Doesn't matter their background, their school, whether they are religious, they are not religious. It doesn't matter. There's no difference. The religious person and non-religious person, there's no difference. There's no difference. Atheist and taste, there's no difference before God. Criminal, good person, there's no difference. Some of you think because you are good, God will accept you. God doesn't accept anyone who is good and doesn't accept anyone who is bad. The Bible says that God doesn't accept anyone's person. He doesn't accept your person. It's in the Bible. Look for that scripture. He does not accept anyone's person. What? He doesn't accept your person. He only accepts Christ. So then when you put your faith in Christ, 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 you, Romans, sorry, Acts chapter 10, verse 33, 34. Put it on the screen. Let's see what it says. So he sent immediately and called Peter. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth I persist that God shows no partiality. The next verse. But in every nation, ah, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted. Yeah. Oh. Whoever you are accepted of God. I need to finish, so let me just go back to the main text in Romans chapter 3 again. So verse 22 says, there's no difference. Say there's no difference. There's no difference. Why is there no difference? Why is there no difference? You want to know why? Yeah. You don't know why? It is the verse we have been quoting, but we haven't realized the context. Look at the next verse. Four. Did you see that? That's why there's no difference. All, including the Pope. All. All, including my mother and your mom. All, including Madame Teresa. If she does not come and put her faith in Jesus, she doesn't qualify. I know your cousin is such a nice person. He doesn't go to church, but he's such a nice person. Your former boyfriend has become such a nice person. When he came back from prison, he has become such a nice person. Please, please. God doesn't work with niceness. He works with righteousness. So, so he says, for why? There's no difference because all. What's the meaning of all? What's the meaning of all? all? What's the meaning of all? All, all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. That is why God has to now give us his righteousness, which is apart from the law. You have your righteousness, it will help you. I have my righteousness, it will help you. Stop judging people based on your righteousness. Because your righteousness will even help you. Why? Because every righteousness is as filthy rag. Yeah. I'm talking about righteousness. God, 
First, second, let me quote this last scripture I just ran up. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. That, ah, why did he do that? So while Jesus was on the cross dying, God's agenda was that this one, the way sinners must die, you are going to die like a sinner. So that the sinner will live like a righteous person. So we became the righteousness of God. Watch this. We always live, live there in him. If you are not in him, forget it. If you are not in him, you are not in it. <laughs> you are not in there among the righteous people. You are not in it. I'm in. No, you are not in. I know someone can say you are in, but you are not in. You are not in. Because you are not in him. Once you are in Christ, how do you get into Christ? By putting your faith in him. By believing in Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. Just believe in Christ. It's as simple as that. I know I'm talking to you. You are a bad boy. Let's cut to the chase. You, you are a very bad girl. <coughs> I'm talking to you. It's too late for you to hide. I know already. You, you are a bad boy. You are a bad girl. But the good news is that we, there's no difference. No difference. Yeah, there's no difference. Because all men are the same. Bad people will go to hell. Good people will go to hell. Ah, how? Yes. Why? Because there's no difference. <laughs> all as uh, righteousness is as filthy rags. So all good people, bad people, as long as you are a people, <laughs> go to hell. So how do I escape it? I have to put my faith in Jesus Christ yeah. and start living my life in Jesus Christ. Yeah. You have to be found in him. Now look at this scripture. Paul said, Philippians chapter 3, I quoted it. He says that whatever were gained to me, I count dung. Verse 9, verse 9, verse 9. And that I might be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That's all. You only have it. That is why. So, so Paul said, everything that is important to me, I consider nonsense. Okay. I consider it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. The bad things I've done in my life, it doesn't matter anymore. The bad history I have, it doesn't matter. The good history, it doesn't matter. The, the nice history, it doesn't matter. Everything doesn't matter again. Why? What matters is I want to be found in Christ. Okay. Not having my own righteousness because it won't help me. I want the righteousness that is okay. of God. Did you receive something? Yes. Put your hands together for Jesus. God bless you for listening to the amazing message. We pray your life can never be the same. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carish Church on YouTube and to listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry on social media. Find David Entry on Instagram and TikTok at David Entry underscore. And find our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat. Be blessed.